Hi, everybody. It's Elle here. And I just want to give a quick shout out to our partners and our supporters and the people that edit and put this show together over at Pretty Easy Podcasts. Now, we get a lot of compliments on how the show sounds and how it looks on YouTube, but that would not be without Pretty Easy Podcasts and the amazing team that they have. If you are looking to create your own podcast or maybe you have some ideas of some social media endeavors, Pretty Easy Podcasts has the technology, the equipment, and the skills to make your podcast sound great at your own disposal at your own time so record from home your office a park wherever they will help you out please give them a email at prettyeasypodcast.com once again that is prettyeasypodcast.com and thanks for listening And if you are at home and you have a phone or a laptop of any sort, uh, maybe you're watching this too. Or if you have internet. Some people don't have internet. I am Elle McCullers. I am the host of Queer Late Night. And I get to share this wonderful, beautiful space with my sister from another mister, the thing that go bump in the night. She has a long uh, 36 inches weave, real hair, does not wear <laughs> wigs. It's my best friend in the whole eye world. Ricky Roman. It's Brittany, bitch. Hi. Hi. Good morning. How is it still morning? It's well, good afternoon. Afternoon. It, what, what time is it in the afternoon? 12.30. Yes, queen. <laughs> yes. Oh, wait. Oh, fuck. We wasn't supposed to say that. It's at nighttime. 12.30 at nighttime. In the middle of the night. In the middle of the night, honey, right? Mm-hmm. Best lighting there is. How's mm-hmm. your mor- morning going? Daytime going? good. I'm awake. I shaved. I took a shower. And uh, I'm here with you guys and grateful to be. So thank you. That's right. The, there's there's a plural, not singular people in the room. I mm-hmm. have the mm-hmm. introduction mm-hmm. right here, and I'm going to do mm-hmm. well, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I rehearsed it this morning. All right. Here we okay. go. Okay. Dr. Felipe, I didn't get the last name. And now. And now. And now. Dr. Felipe and now joined the New York teach as a dean student. Uh, fuck, I fucked up already. <laughs> I'm sorry. Dada Felipe now joined New York teach as a dean of students of the New York City and Long Island campus in March 2022. Instrumental in bridging the gap between commuter and residential students at Mercy, he's also installed a holistic approach to students at success. He secured various grants an American co- and hold on various grants, including AmeriCorps visa, and helped to implement campus-wide food pantry to address food insecurities. His recent he was recently accepted as a con- content expert for Complete College America, with the focusing on addressing students' basic needs, and now working on projects to address students' success, primarily to adult learners in the historically black colleges. Bam, 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 bam. <laughs> There's a button for that. There was a. 
That's the wrong button, baby. <laughs> I like that button. I like that button too. <laughs> Welcome, Felipe. How are you? Good afternoon. Did I do good with that introduction? I feel like I didn't. Hello, doctor. I would give you a B plus. Is okay, that okay? <laughs> that's a that is a passing grade towards Wait. a student that you like. <laughs> I, I feel like I got everything that was supposed to be said. By the way. I am not drinking. I we won't get we won't get sponsored from this, so I'm not going to tell you what non-alcoholic beverages is, but it is non-alcoholic. So I'm just going to say that right now. Um, how's your how's how's your day going? My day is great. I am honored to be here. Yes, uh, with the I two of like you, I'm, and I'm excited to start talking about issues and education and, and education, queer well, folk. Don't everything in between. Educating the kids. Oh, you've been educating the kids, but don't don't skip too far. I know. Just a little preview. <laughs> okay, don't. <laughs> I feel like you're nervous. You, what you should do is you should have something. I think you're nervous. He's giving me good vibes. <laughs> oh, you think, think I'm nervous? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a read. Oh, she's reading girls right now. Um, do you want to do queer news? Yeah. Let's do queer news first. <laughs> Okay, so a little bit of a slow news cycle for for the queers, but and you know it's always kind of we talk about kind of gloomy, right? That's kind of our the reality is we're always having to fight for something that's silly, oh, okay. not silly, but you know what I mean. Um, you got your sexy button queued up for after this <laughs> downer. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, I heard about this last week in my current events listenings um and today i'm reading from them.us brought to us by james factora we love them yes um and the article is titled transphobes are worried schools are installing litter boxes for quote-unquote furry students and this sounded obvious that's it's it's as ridiculous as it sounds all right so there was this woman in michigan named lisa hansen who first raised the issue at a December 20th meeting of the Midland Public School Boards um, to testify (laughs) that um, on a somewhat nefarious agenda being pushed through our schools. She goes in quotes, so let's talk about furries. It was addressed by a couple of months ago that there, that, I'm sorry, it was addressed by a child a couple of months ago that they are put in an environment where there are kids that identify as furry a cat or dog or whatever. At least one of our schools in our town has in one of the unisex bathrooms a litter box for the kids that identify as cats, with no source or any evidence given. Regardless, Lisa claimed that she was really disturbed by that and that she will do some more investigation. And uh, this is just one of those dog whistle things, you know, that you hear from one of these ridiculous talking points from the right wing to devalue and undermine non non-conforming and trans kids a litter, you know what i'm saying a litter box a litter box for okay. furries i didn't even know kids knew about furries i thought that was a more of adult theme yeah and i think that it's i don't think that's the case i think it's a projection from i think lisa a, might have adult. some scissor up in her fucking minivan before absolutely, she got to the pta absolutely <laughs> Come on. She was watching Furbies, actually. Furby. <laughs> no, okay, let's not confuse uh, those adorable, creepy little toys that we had. Okay, the with, with the furry community. Okay, well, I'm not really, you know. Less is like I'm not, I'm not well-versed in either. Either, either one of these, I guess, whatever. Doctor, your thoughts? 
<laughs> How you doing? I'm not well versed in either of those either, but I am familiar with uh, the furry community. And, right. Uh, I used to live in Pittsburgh, and they had a national yeah, convention. Thank you. Where they every year they had furries. Okay. Uh, in so you've Pittsburgh. you've seen them, right? I've seen them, and mm-hmm. I've seen the leader boxes. And I've also adults. seen children. Really? Okay. Yeah. I've also seen children run up to furries on the street. It's my, confusing. I I find it very entertaining. <laughs> Because I, I, I see the parents, I'm know. like, you can't be this oblivious, right? But how could they? How could they know? <laughs> my parents wouldn't know. No, absolutely not. My immigrant-ass parents would not know. They'd be like, I don't know what cartoon this weirdo is from. But if it makes but- him happy and he can hug it for free? <laughs> if he can hug it for free, fuck it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I don't know. That and that's queer news. For a lot of things. Well, I hope that Lisa gets her ass together and truly not coming up to the PTA meeting with these bad ideas. Uh, with these not, bad ideas, we don't. We're need not it. really worried about that. Well, I um, I'm happy that you found that news. I got some news of my own. It's gonna Please. be up. Can you play one of your uh, hit hit one of your buttons? Okay. This is a new <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Let's get your keyboard together. What happened to the fun one? <laughs> I like that one. Okay. Do you have your queer news one? Yeah. All right, let's move on. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Taking from the same um, uh, article source, the magazine, I found a very interesting article that triggered me. It wasn't triggering. Let me not use that word. I found an interesting interesting article that was very uh, touched for at home for me. Mm. As you know, lately I've been going out more and I... I, um, have been having an uh, issue finding non-alcoholic drinks that mm. aren't just sugar. They're like, I can make right. you a Shirley Temple and charge you $8. Right. Girl, if I could just suck the on a Jolly Rancher. I might as well hit the, the floor. <laughs> There's enough sugar. Yeah, no, I don't I don't want you to charge me $8 for soda. But anyways, right. no, no tea, no shade. Them Magazine released a um, a new article. article was uh, on today, January 26, 2022. And it's titled... Eight drinks to elevate your non-alcohol cocktail drink mm. game, non-alcoholic cocktail game. So uh, they published an article where there is um, non-alcoholic uh, beverages being pro- being made that takes the flavor and the shape of an alcohol one, but there's no alcohol in it at mm. all. So you don't have to go to the bar and ask for, you know, just fish it around you can be like oh can i have some of the non-alcoholic tequila right so there was eight of them i'm not going to get too deep in them but i'm even going to list a few we maybe we'll get a sponsorship for them yeah. but i um i found them very interesting so i've been recently really diving in deep into the heineken zero zero yeah um very good it has mm-hmm. the same taste as heineken but there's no alcohol so when i was in mexico from a vacation that's how i started my morning because normally vacation me old me would get up have some water that was alcohol flavored mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then start my day, mm-hmm. which would can be more. But the, anyways, I kept uh, having the Heinekens, but there's new drinks. So the first one's called Death Mountain Water. Um, I'm not sure if I should tell you about it. So I think this one's a beer. There's, a, there's another one called Club Mate. You can look that one up. Um, look, I know people might be a little bit more um, familiar with Laganza. Laganza? Lagunitas. How, how do you say it? Lagunitas. Lagun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You're doing well. Doctor. I'm doing well. It's a hoppy refresher. So they have those as a four pack. Listen, these aren't going to be like the most non expensive drink, but if you can right. get like, 
you know, there's a lot of celebrations coming up. Springtime's coming up. People start reopening their doors, inviting people over. And it's always kind of like confusing. Like, am I going to get there and not have anything to drink to somebody's event? Mm-hmm. And then you got to like go and tell them, like, oh, you know, I'm not drinking. And they're like, sure. oh, what right, it's fine it's fine but now yeah now you can um now there's more and more brands showing up popping out with new uh, non-alcoholic beverages that let let you be a part of the party Mm -hmm. and the festivities too and you don't have to worry about the hangover of the cost of it as well Mm. there is uh froze rose which i have had before really good tastes almost the same zero alcohol of course um i even saw there is uh, champagne now that outlet doesn't have oh. alcohol in it, so it's all it's all fun and games. You can still enjoy your life, and mm-hmm. of course, there's this uh, dime term California sober. Don't don't understand that, but if you smoke weed, you can always you know. I think they're coming out with weed drinks too. Oh yeah, that's you can get that at your local dispensary. A weed drink? Yeah. All right, let me go by there. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, I mean that's my banter for you. Are you are you watching Drag Race? I am. Who are you rooting for? <sighs> I, I'm I'm rooting for uh, Willow Pill. Willow really? Pill. Yeah. I'm rooting for Willow Pill too, but I have to say I'm still also rooting for Cornbread. I hope she's. I love Cornbread. Cornbread is not one note. This 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 past week was just not the best. She's not the best. I act. didn't I didn't watch this week, so don't. Okay. Oh, no, no spoilers, spoilers, please. No spoilers. No spoilers. Yeah. But you know what? I like Georgia's too. George's. Yeah. George's, George's is giving it. Mm-hmm. George's is serving it. She's serving it. Who are you waiting for, Ricky Brahma? Um, I think I like Cornbread as a front runner. Willow Pill, I think, is a dark horse in the race. Yeah. There's something about her that's just like, oh, don't sleep on her. Yeah. She's weird. It's interesting. I like, you know, I like my fucking weirdos. <laughs> um, and then Carrie. Care. And I have to say, Jasmine, I know I just said half the fucking cast, but these are who I'm keeping my eye on. Yeah, it's a lot of there's a lot of polish and very high fashion and different takes of drag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, the creators of Drag Race, because it's now it's more than one, are trying to be, you know, they put a straight person on. I think it's interesting seeing Maddie. I think I like watching her clomp around in her fucking heels. <laughs> clomp it's around. Funny to, you better it's, wear it's a pants. Enter- I am entertained. It's, I know that it's a very polarized topic, Miss Maddie Morphosis, but I, I am entertained. Color me entertained. I'm not. I'm not Are my not? favorite drag. Yeah. But yeah. I, no. It, I, yeah. <laughs> it shows how accessible the art form is. Absolutely. I think uh, it creates an inclusive environment. It is the conversation is, is being had. Yep. We're having it right now. We're having it right now. <laughs> you know what? Performance art is it's mm-hmm. not about sexuality at all. It's about no binaries. Art. No binaries. Um, well, I have queer question. Mm. And I thought I thought I, I think that I came up with a great one and following our little bit of a banter. Um, so the quick question is going to go to you first, Ricky Roman. You ready for it? You saw it already, right? Mm. Who do you consider the most iconic person ever to for yourself? Oh wow! Oh, God, no. Get your I have, out. you know, there's the I I I just feel like there's this I have this default answer, but I don't want to be that girl. I'm a huge Lady Gaga fan, right? Okay, so she's someone I look up to as a performer, and I forgot to put why. Go ahead. Uh, uh, philanthropist, artist across the board, blah blah blah. But you know what? I'm going to talk say me today. You're I'm going to say me because you said it the other day. You said I was iconic and I'm going to believe you <laughs> and I have to believe in myself this year. So but You are. And I'm glad that you're believing yourself. You are iconic. Thank you, baby. She, um, can I tell them about your, where were we, at Albatross? 
Yeah, Albatross in um, Queens. We never get out to Queens, so that was such a fun change of I've pace. Go ahead. There. Yeah, we went to Queens, and it was, and we went to Drag Race. We started off at Fresca, Fresca, Cantina. Fresca's Cantina, Fresca's which was. Cantina. Have you been? Do you yeah. know this place? Yeah. Their food I, is so delicious. We didn't have food. It looked really good, I but I loved food. the vibe. I love, love, love the vibe. <laughs> she didn't have. I have food. <laughs> I have food. It was. I had some of the chicken nachos. I don't know what kind of cheese that is. You guys are using over there. I'm sold. <laughs> I'm sold. It could literally be like made out of like I don't know something weird. Find something in the kitchen. I'm sold. And the and the the space was great. And we saw mm -hmm. who was performing. It was one of your friends, Sherry Poppins, and. Uh, Gosh, I can't Essence. remember the Essence and oh, Essence. Essence. They were they were performing. Uh -huh. It was a really good good experience. Mm -hmm. Then we popped over to Albatross for a little bit and um we did some karaoke. I never had a karaoke night on a Friday. I it's love a, karaoke. Oh, you, you gotta come yes, out with us sometime. I have to, please. Oh, Invite we gotta get some time. B roll of that. What's your go to karaoke song? Oh Give Me the Green Light by Don Legend. Well, Green Light. Give okay. me the green light. Yeah. That is insane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like that. Just like that. <laughs> All right, wait, Ricky Rowan, what's your go-to song? Oh, well, he's got a few. I'm, I'm going to tell you about it. I more. do. I don't want to talk about it. You can come karaoke night and find out. Okay. Uh, I'll also, I'll also uh, do Aladdin. Oh, I love a lot. Are you a Disney uh, person? Yes. Oh man, I love those. <laughs> <laughs> I love those. That's when I go up, get up, and go to the bar to get a Heineken Zero Zero, or I go outside to smoke my vape pen. Wow. Like, okay. This? Damn. Oh, well, as soon as I hear Frozen, I'm like, oh, they no, not Frozen, not Frozen. <laughs> no, okay, the we, classics, baby, the classics. Yeah. Okay, I will listen to Little Mermaid because it makes me think of you. I'm like, oh, poor Ariel. <laughs> 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 um, we went to Albatross. They, did, they were doing. Um, Karaoke night. We never go to a karaoke night on Friday night. Chris, uh, well, this girl named Chris there, mm -hmm. she was there. I, mm -hmm. I saw her. Mm -hmm. I saw her. Mm -hmm. She was there. But Ricky Roman was also there. <laughs> <laughs> and what I tell you? She, I, just, I was talking about the girl, okay? Uh -huh. I'm not going to, I mean, I don't have to, I don't have to justify anything to you. Mm -mm. Um, what was the name of the song you opened You opened up with? Parla Piu Piano. Slow it down. What was it called? That's it. Literally translates to "speak softly, love" in Italian. In Italian. Uh, and, oh, and it, oh, she you know, speaks Italian. She does. So soltanto un po'. Okay. All right. Mm. You know that's. I know that. Well, yeah, yeah. What did, what did you say? What do you mean? I was drunk and I got up and sang on stage. What do you mean? What did you say <laughs> now? Oh, I, I wasn't said, even gonna allude I to said, the drunkness. <laughs> <laughs> I said I know a little oh, bit. Yeah. <laughs> well, she was drunk. And she came out and she gave the most iconic, like, there was a song break where they do, like, you know, like any long song, there's a break where there's just the instrument. And she turned around and gave us a little a little number. There's points. Dance break. There's, a, there's points <laughs> in our this friendship. This is my favorite during karaoke. <laughs> there's points in our friendship. I hear Beyonce, but I see my best friend. And she, Beyonce's always been like, you know. Beyonce's but, always in the back of his mind whispering, <laughs> giving yeah. him advice. Yeah. It's like, kill everybody. No, she doesn't say that. <laughs> That's Sasha Fierce. <laughs> yeah, that's Sasha Fierce. No, she he's doing this like dance number, and I I gotta stay in the moment because I didn't want to look away. So I just grabbed my phone, bring it up, and I was like, "This can't be missed. <laughs> this can't be missed." And we got further on tonight. I did a few more songs, and then at by the end, you were shirtless, and you had a good time. I had a great time. Now yes. I'm sad I wasn't there. Yeah, he did a split. There are some videos split. we'll show you later. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, uh, what was your song though? My song, my go-to song that I, if I really want to knock the crowd away, it's gonna be Michael Bublé "Feeling Good," which is actually a Nina Simone song. Yeah, but I like the re the arrangement of the Michael Bublé mm, version. Mm. And if I feel like the girls are lit and I'm ready to send them home, 
I go ahead and pull out my Adele repertoire. Oh, <laughs> yes. It's really beautiful. It's really, it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> I'm re- is like, yes, I'm really beautiful. I am I really beautiful. I don't think I've ever heard you sing before. You, you, you know what? Treat. I can't wait. It's a, it's a treat. treat. Once I'm in the headspace, I'm there. I'm in the video. I think I can sing. Uh, I don't care. That's the fun I about karaoke. The that's that's the fun about, about the karaoke. Who's your most iconic person ever? <sighs> so I didn't get a chance to read this question before. <laughs> uh, but um, <laughs> this is tough. You know, I, I have two people that I admire and that I uh, try to emulate and that I have learned a lot from. And those two people are Dolores Huertas okay. and Stacey Abrams. Okay. And I know that people think that Stacey Abrams just got on the scene and, you know, some people know her, some people mm. don't. I hope more people do. Mm. Yeah. Um, she's an incredible activist, uh, an amazing lawyer, and I hope that she wins Georgia. This time around, I, I hope do so too. too. And Dolores Huertas was one of the revolutionary activists who led uh, farmers' unions. Mm-hmm. So she walked thousands and thousands of miles next to uh, Cesar Chavez, mm-hmm. and she's really one of the first activists that brought together people of color, LGBTQ um, workers, wow. and really just established the the unions. Wow, I like that. Program. Um, for myself, I guess I would have to say Beyonce. Mm. <laughs> I know. I, I mean, look, Beyonce wins I would, every time. I mean, you just said like two like people that aren't Beyonce, and <laughs> <laughs> and I was thinking of like trying to switch it up really fast, and I was like, "Damn, bitch, no, you need to read a book." No, that's stay, what I said. In stay my mind. true to yourself. Yes, you know, we we have to speak our truths. Yeah. I only, I really love Beyonce because I think that she's a very 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 hard worker, and she doesn't. She doesn't like to like just do things for the thing. Like she releases an album. Beyonce doesn't do singles. I think that's really <laughs> Beyonce, Luther Vandross. <laughs> yeah. Give yeah. it up, delicious. Give it up, delicious. You look like a man. Um, <laughs> if I had, if I had to pick an artist I want to meet, I would probably say J Lo, mm. just because she's she's hot. She is hot. J Lo is hot. Do you think J Lo is nice? No. I, I hate to admit Interesting. It. I don't think so. I don't Interesting. think she's nice. I don't yeah. think Beyonce would be all like sweet and like I don't know. She I, I feel I feel like you've heard more nice things than not. Yeah. I've heard about Miss Knowles, Carter. Yeah, Miss Carter Knowles. Carter Knowles. Um you haven't heard a lot of nice things about J Lab, but it is what it is. I know, but she's so hot. Um, so hot. Iconic. Uh, an, an illustrious career. Fine. My final answer, Shakira. <laughs> oh. Okay. <laughs> so you because she's to, really also, nice. So you move the other side of the Super Bowl stadium. The other side of the Super Bowl stadium. The other side. She's also so hot. Still she's so hot. So hot and can move so well. I hope I get out of bed and I hear cracking. I get nervous. I start speak. I start stepping slower. Your hips are lying. <laughs> they are lying. My hips are lying. <laughs> <laughs> they do lie. <laughs> um. Well, this has been fun. We got our first segment out of the way, right? It's good, right? Meaty. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to Queer Late Night. This episode is being brought to you by AIDS Healthcare Foundation. AHF is an LGBTQ affirming health organization here in New York State and city and also around the globe. AHF prides themselves in providing little to no cost services like HIV testing, STI screening, HIV treatment, PrEP services for little to no cost. They even have a pharmacy that you can fill your prescriptions in. If you're interested in AHF or you'd like to find out more about the organization here in New York City, you can text the code QLN. To the number 201 725 1328. Once again, that code is QLN21 at 201 725 
1328. And if you're listening anywhere else in the United States or outside of the United States area, because AHF is global, you can go to their website at ahf.org. All right. Thanks for listening. Welcome back. Welcome back. So there's a reason why you're here. It's the beginning of the year and there's a lot of things going on for people with planning the rest of the year, especially now because I guess we're making headway on the panorama mm-hmm. unless another <laughs> album drops, unless another a single drops. The remix album? Yeah. The remix drops mm-hmm. tomorrow, then we'll get scared again for a day. Yeah. But um, school, you are dean of students at, I don't want to... New York Tech. New York Tech. Yes. But you've you've started you've taught at more schools. Yes, I've been at uh, approximately four schools full time. Wow! Started out as an assistant director of student activities, and now I'm the dean of students. And I've been in higher ed for over twelve years. Well, I feel like you're not old enough to have done all I, that. That's I don't, awesome. That's what I said when right? I read the. <laughs> How you got that all under your belt? When did you start? When you were ten? Well, yeah, <laughs> y'all are so sweet. And you're, well, and we definitely know that you're under forty because there's you're in the forty under forty. Mm-hmm. Wow, mm-hmm. thank you. Okay, mm-hmm. thank you. While I'm over here doing just you know, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> not but whatever. Um, I, first question for you is what gets your morning started? You're doing all these amazing things. That we're gonna find out about what gets your morning started. <laughs> every morning I wake up and I think about the impact that my students have on me and uh, I never imagined working anywhere outside of higher ed unless I was a model slash actor which there's still time for that Absolutely, Um, but you know I always say that it's really important to to find your why to find your purpose Um, and I really feel like my my why is to be a role model Um, representation matters greatly for me and I'll share a quick anecdote my current school is uh, very diverse but predominantly white and I have previously worked at uh, black serving institutions Hispanic serving institutions minority serving institutions and I feel like that's where I got my energy and that's where I was able to develop my role modeling skills for my students I want to make sure that they know that Anything is possible. I I don't subscribe to the strap yourself by the bootstraps kind of mm, mentality. Mm, mm. Uh, it's antiquated. It is very antiquated, and it doesn't always work. There's systems in place to keep some people down. T. Some people don't even others. have boots on. So some okay. Don't have boots. Yeah. Let so, me strap up by my stilettos. So, <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah. So so my students keep me going every day, and well some said. days is more challenging than others. Yeah, well said. Go ahead. Um, if you could. I feel like you kind of just gave us a taste of it, but who is Dr. Felipe? Okay. So Dr. (laughs) Felipe was born in Colombia, uh, (laughs) (laughs) raised in Jersey. I always say I'm a Jersey Colombian boy. Work. Uh, I have always loved education. It was instilling me. My mom. Wow. I'm I'm so glad it was for you because I I feel like that's not the case for most people. It's not for everybody. And that's okay. We need to have someone to a a positive role model in this uh, field. Yeah. Education is not for everyone. And I'm not here to preach just about education. Mm. But uh, my mom went uh, to sixth grade and she actually just finished her associate's degree when I finished my doctorate, which was Mm. an amazing accomplishment for both of us. Mm. Yay, mom. Shout out Mm. to your mom. Shout out, mama. Mm -hmm. And... uh, my parents came here from Colombia. They started their own cleaning company. I've been working, literally throwing trash away and cleaning floors since I was about 
six, seven, wow. eight. Wow. Uh, and I, I, I always say that's where I get my work ethic. Totally. Uh, some of my favorite people on college campuses are the grounds and facilities. We get along really well. I love that. And uh, Dr. Felipe loves to read. I uh, I read a lot. I'm sort of a, I, I always call myself an intellectual thought. <laughs> you know, uh, like I, I like to learn and grow, but you right. know, still be sexy. Okay. What are you reading right now? So I don't know if you caught the book that I have, but I'm reading How the Other Half Eats by Dr. Priya Singh. And it's talking about the inequalities of food systems in America. Mm. Wow. We're going to get to that because I know that you started a program on campus. But wow. Uh, what's it called? An intellectual thought? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I have to. I've never heard that. Now this is it. on the record. Huh? I've okay. got to raise the bar. I've got to become an intellectual. I've just been doing half of it for, <laughs> for however She's long. She's got the thought part down. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, what's your sign? Your I'm sign? a Scorpio. And how do you most identify with being a Scorpio? When we want something, we get it. Mm. Uh, when someone sexual. crosses, <laughs> <laughs> that says more of you That's, than about him. Hit maybe. the porn <laughs> button. Hit the Pornhub button. <laughs> <laughs> That's also a very uh, traditional Scorpio, <laughs> sensual and sexual. <laughs> there, it's true. It, it yeah. if you subscribe to the whole horoscope yeah. thing, and you know, I like to take it with a grain of salt. But there's something inherently sexy about scorpios generally there is there's is a sex appeal what day is of the week is that october late october okay late october right october yeah mid to late october to, early yep october. and early november yep all right fine i'm november 20th november 20th my birthday is november 28th oh, but i'm a sagittarius, sagittarius. yeah i can see that i like to say sagittarius with scorpion traits because i'm so close and i feel it oh she's one of those girls it, in grade school that like what do you mean oh i miss this this i'm like okay i i don't want to hear anymore thank you Tuh. the last thing i'll say about scorpio is don't cross us because the sting is real true oh wow let your students know <laughs> they know they, they know, know. <laughs> go ahead uh, it's you I just said, oh, no, I didn't. Sorry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> la, 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 la. Here we go. What does it mean to be the dean of students? I think the, the dean of students has a broad definition. It's, mm. it's, it's uh, traditionally been portrayed as the conduct officer on college campuses. If you think about any of the college-related movies that are in pop culture. Would you describe yourself as a liaison for the students? The way that I describe myself is I'm the dean for the students. Okay. I'm an advocate, mm -hmm. I'm a liaison, I'm a confidant at yeah, times. Truly. Uh, you know, I still have to uphold institutional policies right. and hold students responsible and right. accountable, but I really see my role as advocating on behalf of the students for things that I notice or for things that they share with me that are missing. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes I, I always say that I want to be the dean of students where students feel comfortable coming and sharing with me and seeking help and just sharing their successes. Just on Friday, I had a student email me to tell me that they had scored their uh, internship at an engineer company. Mm. And this is, you know, yeah. I, I want to hear the good news. I don't only want to see them when they violate a policy or sure. when they're in, uh, in trouble. Right. Very is it, cool. Is it easy to violate policies on campus? I guess if you're on campus student, right? Any any policy really, you know, any. academic integrity. Mm. No. Oh yeah. no, not the cheating. But yeah, the cheating. Not the cheating cheat. has gone up since COVID. Oh times. yes, it has it. I bet. Zoom. Oh my Zoom. Yeah. How, have people been? Have you been finding people? People been really cheating 
on Zoom? Come on, the camera's on. <laughs> Not always, but yeah. Oh yeah, my. just a lot of plagiarism and fabrication mm. and things like mm. that. Damn. But uh, but I always try to approach everything with a, a learning uh, lens and making sure that students are failing forward and they're growing from their decisions. And I, I love like to that. think that that's that's helped. Yeah. Real quick, I was one of the girls that eyes in your own paper. When if you ever were in a class and I was in the class with you and they, and they would say that that was me, <laughs> it was me. I was the I was the eyes in my own paper girl. I was like. <laughs> when the teacher when the teacher walks by you feel him looking over and then announces to the class make sure you're checking your spelling <laughs> make sure we're using complete sentences and they were just looking over your shoulder go ahead and put your go, go ahead and put your name on your paper <laughs> fine um what what are you what are some of the challenges that either you faced in your because you're that's a long uh, career path, um, educational path, but what are some of the challenges you face and that students normally face going through college? Yeah. No matter what you know level they get to. Yeah. So as I mentioned, my parents were very supportive of me and and uh, my education, and they instilled in me. They wanted me to have what they weren't able to have. Amen. They came to this country so that they can they. They had tremendous sacrifices mm-hmm. so that I was able to to attend college, mm-hmm. and I I didn't take that lightly. I took yeah. that very seriously. Uh, but that comes with challenges. As a first generation Latino, I got to college. I took out all the student loans, which oh. uh, you know I went to Cancun and I did <laughs> other things like shopping. And sure. uh, I wish I would have had somebody to tell me, you know, don't you, do that. You, you don't need six thousand dollars. You only need to cover right. this. Right. Uh, and so I think that that's something that I actively try to to and pose on my students uh giving them things you know first generation students latino black Mm -hmm. they lack the culture and social capital to understand what is um what is to expect what kind of questions to ask oftentimes we could be embarrassed to ask for help we don't want to be singled out as as the other or the the one that doesn't know right um so i think that all those things and i attended a predominantly white institution Mm -hmm. back in the early 2000s Mm -hmm. and (laughs) (laughs) and so uh you know i didn't have a lot of the programs that i try to create now yeah for men of color right uh for lgbtq students first generation students beautiful that's beautiful i mean i would definitely say that one thing that i definitely took for granted that i had to kind of play into is like if they're offering any type of tutoring uh reading center mm. math center uh mm. after school don't this is not high school this is your one opportunity i took right. the same math class three times yeah. and it wasn't until i actually started going to the math labs yeah. and like being like hey i need help right i yeah. don't understand any of this that i started getting what i need so definitely yeah. speaking your your mind and telling people like, hey i need some help i'm not a good writer and also talking to your professors, even if you don't necessarily like them. But the more I learned that I would talk to them, go to their office hours, I felt like they got a little more lenient and I learned a little bit more. Well, you know, you establish a relationship and um, it humanizes you as a, as a student. Mm-hmm. And it yeah. also gives them the opportunity to know that you're trying. And I think that that's what you can do best. I always tell students, don't wait until you're failing to get to the tutoring center. I was terrible at math. I took a college placement course. Yeah for zero credits uh but times are changing you know Mm -hmm. we're we're creating courses that are co-requisite so that students can proceed during their um careers and that they're not getting held back because of these gateway courses like english writing math yeah Mm -hmm. no no, yeah it was it's good i mean 
School is a it's a, it's its own animal. And sometimes you gotta. I know. I was making sure she wasn't on the camera too. I was like, just you <laughs> <laughs> see her paw at the corner of the screen. Um, go ahead. You have another question. Hmm. What are some reasons people should consider further furthering their education? Five of them. Five specifically. Five specifically. Five specifically. <laughs> the hot topic ones. You're poor. <laughs> We don't use the term poor. Not anymore. <laughs> Not in this house. <laughs> no, I, I, obviously the number one reason should be to um, increase your social mobility. Mm. Um, you know, research shows that students that have a bachelor's degree can earn anywhere between 15000 to $30,000 more. And that's mm. with an associate's or a high school degree. Um, right now, the landscape of higher education, most people have a bachelor's degree and so getting a master's or a doctorate right, still right. continues to be the the trajectory that's expected for a lot of jobs. Yeah. But I think again, social mobility and, and increasing your income is one reason. If you have the opportunity to attend college, I think there's a lot of things that we don't know that we like and totally and, and you know, college for traditional age students and adult learners mm-hmm. is an opportunity to learn and to grow about yourself and to push yourself outside of your comfort zone. I, mm. I have a mug in my office that I prominently display that says um, you don't learn until you push yourself outside of your comfort zone. And that's mm-hmm. anything to do with race, with religion. Um, it, it doesn't really matter. So right. taking those other courses that you think, oh, I've, I've always been interested in archaeology, but yeah. I don't know. Um, and, and the networking, you create so many relationships. Yeah. If you take an opportunity, uh, internships uh, and connections with folks that you never know yeah. who they're going to connect you with that we wouldn't have traditionally growing mm-hmm. up. I didn't have somebody that owned a company or that was a CEO sure, or anything no. like that. It's also good, like, I would say, like, it's good to, like, feel, feel out if you, like, really want to do something else or other careers because yes. when i went to school for public health i was like what do i even do with this yeah. i was just going because like you know what the military is going to pay for it it's four years i'm pretty sure like i just need a four-year degree i i already knew like having the paper would be more important than mm-hmm. not having it but mm-hmm. like it was like it wasn't until i started going to like public health fairs and i got to like my senior semester when i was like okay this is how i can probably start Weezing my foot into the door. Yeah. Do you have um, any particular things that five reasons not to go to school mm. or anything? The reasons not to because mm-hmm. bad reasons get, too. Bad reasons because <laughs> we're gonna get into like school's not really always yeah. affordable. So mm. don't waste it if. Mm. Mm. I would say don't go until you're just what you were saying. Mm. Don't go until you know exactly what you want to do. Uh, That's great advice. I, I think that we we peer pressure people into going to college. Totally. It's the thing to do. Totally. Um, I, I believe in community college system. Totally. I, you know, I reflect on my experience. I went to a private institution for four years and I think about what would have been like if I started out a community college. Mm. I was set that I was going to be a business management major. I love telling people what to do. My family owned a <laughs> cleaning company. And <laughs> I was like, you know what? I'm just going to take uh, over the family business. But right. uh, I quickly realized that I was not good at math, as I shared mm, before. Mm. And I, had to, <laughs> I changed my major to, uh, I had accounting one, finance one, stats one. And I did terribly. And I was an excellent student in um, high school. I called my family crying and I asked them, I told them I want to change my major, right. don't hate me. And they're right. like, 
we never told you what to major in. So again, right. that, that first generation peer pressure where you feel like the, the burden of your family's future Absolutely. is on your shoulders, even though they've never said those words. Yeah. Uh, and so if they you don't, don't really to. know what to do, no, they don't. <laughs> and if you don't really know what you want to, um, I've read something the other day that a recent study shows that students don't think that it's worth taking out student loans to get their college degree. That they'd mm. rather just, uh, or prospective students, I should say, they rather daunting, just work. It's isn't it? It is. And, you know, it's it's very easy. I just had a conversation with a student yesterday who said she called financial aid. She has an outstanding balance and someone in financial aid right. said, well, ask your, your parent. And she said, I only have one parent. And she was denied. And, you know, she I don't have a co-signer. So what do I do here? So these yeah. are the kind of so these are the, the issues that our students are facing. And the cost of education continues to rise in New York City. The cost of living is super expensive. Yeah. So, it's, yeah. you know, and you're getting right to, I guess, the next kind of question um what are your thoughts well this is my question it's your question you, you asked okay. the question okay. what are your thoughts on the cost of education and accessibility <laughs> to the black and brown communities <laughs> good oh. question very good question <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the, the the entire american higher education system needs an overhaul and you know, it'll be interesting Absolutely. to listen to these words years from now. Totally, when, totally. When I'm a college president or something, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna get, try to go, I'm gonna try to come for free. <laughs> Don't even try me. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's interesting because we talk about hard work, we talk about um, social mobility, and then we say, oh, a credit for a course is you know twelve hundred dollars, eight hundred dollars, sure. whatever it is, and we just assume that everyone can can do it. And there's inequalities that exist within our communities that separate us, whether it's housing, whether it's, um, you know, pay gaps, Mm -hmm. whether it's food. And so the cost of education continues to rise with very little increase from the government. Totally. Our our Pell Grant. um, So something that a student can automatically get from the state or from the federal (laughs) government hasn't gone up in years Mm. the pandemic has shown that there are disparities between our communities and affluent communities um so i think the whole thing needs to be relooked at from pre-k to Mm -hmm. post-doc totally Uh, totally the program's still only what right now yeah five thousand so twenty five hundred for a year but i think they're looking to, to expand that one good thing about the state of new york though they've they've um increased they've allowed formerly incarcerated students to apply for to get Pell Grant, Pell- where Pell- before you weren't able to get any kind of assistance. That's amazing. So there's some social justice things happening. Let yeah. me ask you, do you think there's the potential, or is this just a wild dream, that we might see in our lifetime a potentially socialized system that would take care of higher education? Does that make sense? Do you know what I'm saying? At least like the that we, first two years. Not yeah. even just the first two years. I'm talking. There are other first world countries that uh, that have systems in place that allow students seeking higher education to go so yeah. without x Pay. amount of pocket, you yeah. know, paying. Y- your question. Why? 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 Why here in the greatest country in the world is this so fucking hard? You know why, well, baby. I do know why. I want to hear it from the good doctor. <laughs> Well, we're we're individualistic culture, and, mm-hmm. and yes, if you think yes. about the the conversation around should there be free college sure. for everyone, that's the problem, though. That's the that's the whistleblower debt. word, free. It's yeah. not free, right? It's not free. We would pay into it, yeah, as a so, you know social society. Yeah, 
the the optimist in me wants mm. to say that in our lifetime mm. yes mm-hmm. i think there's change i mm. think that there's people that are continuing to do mm. the good work mm. one of the reasons why i continue to be in higher education is because i want to make sure that there is real change in these policies amen um realistically i'm mm. not sure right. i'm not sure how long it'll take i understand Oh, girl, we're not getting. We, gotta, we, we have to be realistic, <laughs> but we have to. I, I love your optimism. We have to yeah. be optimistic at the very least. Yeah. I mean, there are like systems that are. Bro- it's all tied together. Like you, mm-hmm. you, you don't want people to live off of um, government subsidies for housing, for food. You don't want them to, you know, use Medicaid, but it also you don't want them to have education. The education is really important for them to stay on their own two feet. Half of the people don't even know how to take care of their health because mm-hmm. they don't know anything about it because they mm-hmm. don't have an education. Mm-hmm. If they go to get it, there's so many ba- you know barriers in place, especially if you're younger. Let's say you are a young mother and you have two kids. Well, now you have to now add in childcare. Mm-hmm. Who's going to watch the kids while you're at school or trying to like do a part-time job or it's... There's so many things. I mean, edu- it's it's multiple systems that yeah. are, are chained together that aren't really working the best. But yeah. <laughs> Can I say one more thing about please. the not attending college? Please, please. I, th- I think we need to, as a society, not undermine the trades. Yes. Um, we still have folks that can do very well in vocational. Skilled labor. And skilled labor. And, and we need that. And so I, agree. I think we need to really concentrate on workforce development and programs yes, that yes. are investing in folks that know exactly what they want to do. Totally. You know, my, my little sister doesn't love school and she's an interior designer architect for mm. a company and she she knew exactly what she wanted to do. She went in there, she went to community college and then she did two years at a, at a uh, traditional bachelor um, school. And mm. so I think that we, we oftentimes put stigma in, oh, you didn't go to school. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and school doesn't equal, I, I know so many people that love to read, that um, educate themselves. Mm-hmm. And so there's, it's totally, you know, I, totally. Would be, I, w- I would be a hypocrite if I said, don't go to college. Right, I, I work right. at a college. And I believe in higher education, right. but there's other paths for other people too. Yeah. Absolutely. I, well yeah. said. I actually come from like uh, much like your, your, your background. My, my dad didn't get past, I think sixth grade either. Mm-hmm. And, but he's always had a very hard work ethic and it, he didn't go to trade school, but he had like a natural trade, which is late trade labor. Like he's a very laborious person he can do anything, but you know, school's not for everyone. And back in his, in his time of going to school as he was graduating or not graduating, but you know, in the early eighties, seventies trade schools were booming and I'm not sure what happened, but somewhere along the lines, it was like, Oh, that's for like poor people. Yeah. Right. That's what poor people do. But other we everyone else goes to college. Yeah. I, I can tell you, I've worked with so many students who they come into college and they want to graduate uh, with a finance degree or with uh, they want to do something that doesn't match their skills. We sure. really have to think about what are we good at? What are, what are you about? good at? What you speaks to you? You have to wake up you? every single day for the next 40 years sure. of your life doing, doing this. this. <laughs> yeah, You have to love what you do. I always say that. I, I'm very I lucky that I get, I get paid to do what I love. Right. And you, it's difficult. To, it is difficult to find a career mm-hmm. um, versus a job, right? Um, but yeah, that's why I go back to what I said at the beginning of this: mm. finding your why and your purpose. I think is mm. so important. Finding your why and your purpose is going to be the title of your 
podcast. <laughs> Is that good, Hedo? Did yeah. you just put on lip gloss? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when, when did I even? <laughs> hey, you're listening to Queer Late Night, a late night podcast that gives people from the queer community to share their insight they've learned along their personal and professional journeys. We're partnered with Pretty Easy Podcasting, and they're in charge of all the editing for this podcast. While we don't have corporate sponsorships or sponsorships from anyone right now, so we're broke, we are very much welcoming any type of charitable donations to help make this show become more accessible to queer community around the world. Continue to listen, support, like, subscribe, and share. I'm your host, Elle McCullers. What school did you go to? I attended Fairleigh Dickinson University. Fairleigh Dickinson. FDU. Where is welcome to stay? Fairleigh Dickinson. Fairleigh Dickinson. <laughs> <laughs> Dickinson. In uh, Madison, New Jersey. Okay. Yeah. Madison. Yes. Damn, that was up in the the fancy part of town. Very fancy. You've been to Madison, <laughs> right? I haven't. I've it's, only been to like Jersey City. Oh. No, Madison. I have cousins there. Massachusetts. You said Madison, New Jersey. Jersey. There's a Madison there. Yeah, Madison, New Jersey. Okay. Is that north? Is that central? It's north. Okay. It's, yeah. north. it's near Morristown. Okay, right? okay. I lived in Morristown. Okay, so oh. not far. Yeah. Not far. And it, and then you did, that was your undergrad or was that your, for your master's? So I did a, I did a three, two program. I had, I got my bachelor's in communication studies and my master's in corporate and organizational communication in five years. So by my senior year, I started my master's. Okay. And then I went to Indiana University of Pennsylvania, IUP, about an hour west of Pittsburgh. Okay. For my uh, second master's in student affairs and higher education. And then I just recently completed my doctorate in educational leadership and innovation at good old NYU. That's amazing. Yeah. Congratulations. Congratulations. That's really good. It was a lifelong dream. I always wanted to, I wanted to initially go to Tisch for acting and- uh-huh. Uh, I had a, a guidance counselor tell me you'll never get into NYU when I was about 16. Sure, sure. <gasps> and she uh, she didn't help me with my college process at all. She told me I should go to community college. At the time... Off I, of what merits was she giving you that advice? Uh, racism. That's uh, what I figured. I'm assuming. I honestly, let's find her and beat her ass today. She's probably dead. Okay. <laughs> Let, I mean, let's still do it. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Well, speaking of that, I know that we moved some of the questions around, but you want to... You said you want to talk about this. This is that was a bad experience from someone in your you know past. Mm. What about a good experience? What what good experience or story you can you share of a student's life that you changed? Mm. Uh, so I've been in higher ed for over ten years, and I think that there's multiple stories that come to mind. At my previous institution, I have three students that. Two are pursuing their doctorate, and one is pursuing their master's in social work. And they were all student workers in the Office of Student Life that I oversaw. And I saw them when they came in at orientation. I saw their potential. Mm. Uh, One is half Puerto Rican, half Dominican. Mm. The other one's Dominican. She's Mm. in med school in Antigua. And the other one is Egyptian. And they reach out to me and they say, I wouldn't have gone to get my master's, my doctor, if it wasn't for you and how hard I saw you. Um, you know, when I was, I, I always, I'm very transparent with my students and very vulnerable. And, you know, when I was studying for my um, GREs, I would share with them. I share with them what my score was. A couple of them didn't get the scores that they needed. Yeah. So it took some time off. Um, but, but I think it's, 
it's so many students and I get to learn from them. Right now I work at a school that's primarily engineering, uh, health professions and architecture. Okay. And my mind's always blown when I talk to my biomedical electrical engineer students because sciences is not my right. strong suit. Sure, sure. Um, that's yeah. amazing. That's crazy. To have, um, to be that positive influence. It's, it's really full circle, isn't it? How yeah, to make it you is. feel? Because you're not, you're not old. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm wise. I'm not yes. old, but I'm wise. Yes. No, I think, you know, I had great mentors too when I was in college. Um, people that inspired me to go into this field, people that believed in me, people that tapped me for, you know, to be an orientation leader or to be, um, I was sharing with you that uh, I was president of my fraternity. So, sometimes it's difficult for us to see what our own abilities are and it takes somebody else saying, Hey, there's something in you. There's a spark and giving them those opportunities. And we go back to access. Some of us didn't have that, that yeah, growing up. Totally. You know, I worked with my family, my entire, uh, my entire childhood and through high school. And then I got a job at 16 at the gap and I worked in retail mm -hmm. and always trying to help them pay for my education and so um, there's folks that spend, you know, every summer in high school doing internships at one of the Fortune 500 companies. We don't have that luxury. Right. Yeah. And you got the firsthand experience. You you have this great educational background, but you also know the price of hard work and not having and, and totally. still achieving. Because I remember you said earlier you, you grew up in the house. You had a swing set mm -hmm. and, a, and a pool. <laughs> but that's because your family worked very hard worked very to provide those things for you and to give you the education. Yeah that you deserve a need and obviously you're taking and being a dean of students you know being having that connection with students is very important because that's the face of the school yeah. it's no other face that you really see or care about as a student other than the dean of students or the dean over your own program yeah that's it yeah they call me the guy with the bow tie hey you're the guy with the bow tie from the emails you love bow tie i do love me a good bow tie <laughs> the little bow tie it's you <laughs> Tell us about the food pantry initiative. What sparked this? Yeah. So uh, food insecurity and hunger mm -hmm. are an ever evolving and ever growing issue. Yeah. Um, you know, my, my dissertation focused on addressing food insecurity as a student success barrier uh, for black and brown students specifically. And one of the things that I noticed, and I, my, my research was a qualitative study, and I'm sorry if I'm boring no. any of you, but no, no. Uh, I, I interviewed 20 students, uh, predominantly black and brown, uh, predominantly first generation. And one of the things that I um, noticed in my findings was that many of them grew up through poverty at a homeless shelter, utilizing yeah. soup kitchens. So wow. the majority of them were not experiencing food insecurity or hunger for the first time. Um, as colleges and institutions of higher education were, were saying, we're providing access to you to get here. And I truly feel that the students' basic needs are just as important a tool, like you were mentioning before, tutoring our Office of Accessibility, our academic advising. And so what I want to do is normalize the access to those uh, food pantries. And in my previous institution, we had conducted a basic needs assessment, and it had shown that more than 50% uh, of our students had experienced hunger mm. within the past 30 days at the time. Mm. And that was back in 2015. Mm. Uh, so I got together with a collaborative effort of different faculty, deans, students, and we opened three food pantries at my previous institution that That's was multi-location. That's amazing. And, um, we grew from about 
I, I specifically 57 members. And then when I left back in uh, 2000 and actually last year, um, 2001, we had over 800 students and we had continuously assessed to see if by providing access to the food pantry, they were able to focus more on school or to not right. go hungry. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, these are basic needs. Basic. Hierarchy of Maslow's um, yeah. needs, food, shelter, water. And us, we can't expect our students to go out there and study and to perform at their highest level if they haven't had a meal. Or they're worried Absolutely. about where they're going to get their next or meal. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and another, um, another, barrier that was very prevalent here in new york city is transportation right yeah. we take two dollars and 75 cents for granted sure uh, but when you're commuting from queens brooklyn the bronx to yeah. get to midtown long island westchester wherever you're going it adds up yeah absolutely and these are costs that are not covered through higher education that they're not covered in your yeah. your package that's crazy that's, yeah something that's something i've never considered yeah. thought about in the in this area it's yeah. true and, and uh, go ahead uh, just to to go back to the question about food insecurity, it's it's interesting. My my problem of practice and what I wanted to address going into my doctoral program was to increase uh, persistence for um, Hispanic males and and black males specifically because they are usually depending on the institution, but ten or so points behind mm -hmm. women um, women of color and white students. And once I started really looking at a population that, that we serve and today's college student, um, most of our students are either juggling two part-time jobs, they're the primary breadwinners of their multi-generational household. Um, and so really having support mechanisms on campuses and colleges alone are not gonna be able to solve this issue. This is something that we have to solve within our communities mm. that we have to have corporations that care about the workforce and the yeah. future of our our, our leaders. Uh, and you know, it's interesting, there was a survey done in 2019 that only 14% of college presidents had listed addressing students' basic needs, food insecurity as a student success barrier. And oh, so that goes to show that. That's confusing. And that was right before the pandemic. <laughs> disappointing. <laughs> disappointing. <laughs> yeah, but but it's something that a lot of schools are taking on their own. If we're bringing these students in, how are we supporting them to get them to the finish line? It's yeah. not enough to just admit them and then, you know. School can be very persist. demanding, especially if you come from the point of, I am a such and such age and I should have done this by now. So I should mm. take on extra load of class and cause you got, it just doesn't work that way. I no. took on six classes my senior year of college cause I felt like at 26, I should be done with school and be well into a career. So I mm. took 18 credits. It was the worst thing I ever done because I suffered and yeah. my grades, grade point average, yeah. you know, was bad too. But I was also worried about the fact that I've been here so long. I also have to do extra things to work for food. I was a scripper. <laughs> I was a scripper and a go-go dancer on the weekend with this bitch. She got me a high. <laughs> 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 I'm out here scripping until 2.30 trying to get this $5. Anyways, <laughs> it, it's it's really true. I also started off at Southern Connecticut University living in a car oh, for two weeks. Yeah. And I didn't. Food was definitely a problem, but more that that's amazing. Mm -hmm. Thank you. We always mm -hmm. have people on here doing amazing work and addressing hunger mm -hmm. amongst people that are trying is definitely amazing work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you, you just talked about homelessness and that's something that we haven't figured out. We have not figured out how to help our housing insecure students. Mm. Um, but we will keep trying. What would you like to accomplish for yourself this year? 
That's a if you don't mind sharing, you can pick something. I mean, you off the list, big. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned at the uh, at the start of our conversation that I'm working on a project. Um, to it's a consulting project okay. that um, it's near and dear to my heart. So I'm working. Lumina Foundation provided a million dollars to an organization called Complete College America. And they take a look at what are the infrastructures and the systems and the best practices that we can implement to help our students cross the finish line. And this project in particular focuses on adult learners at historically black community colleges, which is an area, it's a sector that we don't talk much about and that are often um, not well resourced. And so part of what I'm doing this year is helping organizations um, in Kentucky right now, I'm working with a group of community colleges that are looking to see what's in their sphere of influences or what are some things that they can do to help their students at their particularly in Kentucky. In Kentucky, yeah. Yeah, there's, um, you know, there's, there's sort of a concentration of black historically, uh, historically black community colleges in different states. And you would never think that Kentucky would be one of those. No, no. Yeah. I don't even think of Kentucky at all. But, uh, but, uh, but to your question, I, I, you know, it's funny, I, I don't like to think about goals as it's the start of the year and sure I, I do believe in manifestation mm-hmm. i do believe in uh, projecting um but i, I just want to be able to um to continue to learn myself i always say yeah, that amen. uh as an educator i consider myself a lifelong learner totally um i can't expect others to learn if i'm not doing the hard work myself and so those are some of the things that i'm that i'm doing and it's trying to help as a doc uh, having a doctoral degree means you have to you have to publish do publications every so often. I don't have to. I should. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You so don't I'm have working to. on a I'm working on a uh, journal. Thank you for bringing that up. Yes. 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 <laughs> um, yes. Uh, I'm working with a a colleague of mine, Mary Sherman, who's located out of California, and uh, we're working on a piece around the human infrastructure when it's uh, when it comes around food insecurity for a engineer journal. So you wouldn't think that that's something that that engineers would care about they care about yeah. water systems um you know plants food systems but uh we were i had a colleague who approached me and said you know we're missing the human aspect of food insecurity and and how do we help our communities um and so that's something that i'm hoping to get done by may 15th wow that's my deadline yes so, so yeah. i would not that's the one that i do not like writing so i would not be able to be a <laughs> doctor of anybody's hospital <laughs> 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 if you could give yourself 10 years ago any words of advice what would they be it's like the end of drag race <laughs> you can get it we can pull out a picture if you want yeah a picture of little felipe, uh, little felipe. what would you say, what would you say? <laughs> <laughs> we got his <laughs> I, I would say don't take yourself too seriously i think there was mm. a point where um i was i, I am very goal-oriented mm. and very driven uh, and and I do believe that you work hard, you play harder, mm-hmm. but I always said that I believe that. And as I look back at my career, I think that there were moments where you should just, just be, you know, just um, be. but again, I, I don't think that I would be where I am today if I hadn't been hard on myself, set, totally. you know, expectations for myself and, and try to meet those expectations. I was, I, I 
this this goes into therapy and I don't think this is a therapy session, but okay. two things that I identify through therapy, which okay. I think everyone should go to, mm-hmm. is I'm a control freak and I am a perfectionist and uh-huh. just letting go of those things and understanding that there really is a, a, a reason, a rhyme and reason for everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I shared earlier, I wanted to go to NYU until, since I was 14. And there was one day where I was sitting in Washington Square Park and I wrote a letter to myself, future Dr. Now, and I congratulated him for his accomplishments and in, in graduating from NYU. And that's the day that I decided I was going to study for my GREs and that I was going to um, make it happen. And I did. And so I think that there's a balance that needs to be had between putting so much pressure on yourself, but also just enjoying the moment and not absolutely throwing yourself off the rails because something didn't go according sure. to plan. A yeah. fine balance. Yeah, find a balance. Mm-hmm. I practice yoga too. Find that balance. Really? Yes. Oh man, you're you got you got a doctor degree and you you do yoga. Wow, <laughs> my ears ruined. Um, it's getting. <laughs> <laughs> There's still time for change. <laughs> totally, <laughs> not, not for me. Um, wow. uh, we always like to lead leave off the show with ten organizations. Not ten. Ten. Not ten. <laughs> it's not ten. Don't don't give me a list of ten. Give me one organization <laughs> that you've definitely encouraged people to donate to, to follow, and to support. Okay, so there's a local organization, uh, New Alternatives. Okay, it's a um, organization that focuses on transgender, um, BIPOC youth, and they're located on West 40th. Okay, and um, they they call us people that volunteer angels. So they mm. often have angel requests where it's um, more often than not, they're actually uh, just got into college and they need a Metro card or they just got into a um, residence hall and they need to decorate. Uh, and so you can donate money, but they also have pre COVID. They had a lot of events and fundraisers and I oh, often help okay. and volunteer there when I can. I, I need to volunteer more. New alternative is I located where West 40th, West 40th, yep. right down here, right down the street. Bomb. We, uh, well, one, cool. we're going to stop by, too. Yeah. We're going to send a shout-out to them. Um, and, and everybody else who's listening and watching the show, please, if you're in New York City or if you're anywhere else, I'm pretty sure you can go to the website, mm-hmm. donate. This is um, a great, great um, foundation fund. I've heard about New Alternatives before. Oh. And more importantly, too, is that also I know that people are outside the city. Like, oh, you know, I can donate to this, but it only benefits people in New York City. You don't necessarily know that, too. Right. Also, a lot of people... Um, whether they're seeking asylum, whether they're um, moving from state to state to get better uh, benefits here. Um, New York State and New York City has a lot of resources, but that doesn't mean that we have a lot of resources for everyone. So the more that you know, you can donate, volunteer, provide here, it gives people outside the city a space to come and you know be here and be a part of that. Because a lot of places in the South and the Bible Belt don't have a new alternatives. Can I give one more shout out? Of yes, course. You can. Food Bank of New York City, also um, a place where when you donate a dollar, that dollar goes a long way. Um, they support college pantries. And so with their with without their support, we wouldn't be able to serve our students on mm. our college campuses. Food mm. Bank. So shout out for Food Bank of New York City. Food Bank of New York City. Yeah. Bomb. Very cool. Thank you so much. Do you have any last words for us? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I just want to thank both of you again for for having me and it's been an honor and a privilege to to talk about these issues that i know are a little heavy um but yeah but just, you you lightened it 
right up and made it very digestible, I think. Very thank great. You. Thank, you. thank you. Should we do Mary Fuck Chill? <laughs> we do need a new game. We do. We were just talking about this. We, that's usually how we close the um, close the show. So sure. Okay. Because I don't know. I can't think of another game right now. I'm ready. Okay. We're going to marry, fuck, and chill with someone because we're not killing anyone. Yeah. Yes. Um, let's see. What should the category be? I was gonna say James Bond uh, villains, but I don't. I don't I, know them enough. I've never even <laughs> come on. Why I've never you, even why, seen the movie. I was gonna then why even suggest that? Come on. I don't know. How about I'm, villains in general? Villains. 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 Okay. okay. Can I go first? In, in suggesting people? Yeah. Sure. Uh, okay. My first villain. Okay. Poison Ivy. Uma Thurman. Ooh. Uma, Uma Thurman as Poison Ivy. Okay. Yes. That, that's one. Here okay. you go. You go. Doctor Evil. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, it's my and turn. And one more. Yeah. Um. Was there a villain in Captain Planet or was it just problems? Captain Planet. Oh yeah, just problems. <laughs> Big corporations, they were the fucking villain. Okay, okay, um, okay, Joker. The Joker, okay, oh. fine. Which one? Heath Ledger. Does. Oh, yes. I mean, what was his last name? Heath Ledger. The other one. Which one? Uh, With the tattoos and the he was with the Harley Quinn? Yeah, not that one. The oh, other one, the okay. one that was actually very dark. Oh, Joaquin, Joaquin Phoenix. Phoenix. Okay, yeah. Okay, yes, not the white one. Yeah. Okay, let's go at Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix okay. as the Joker. Uh huh. Uma Thurman. Uma Thurman as Poison Ivy and uh, Doctor Evil, which was Michael Myers. Okay, <laughs> sure. Is it? Oh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. So Mary fuck, fuck Mary fuck Joe. <laughs> okay, I would say, uh, fuck Joaquin Phoenix. Okay. okay. Because he's twisted, but probably you fun. know he's gonna lay down some <laughs> crazy dick, yeah. <laughs> and you're gonna have to take the subway home. Huh? <laughs> uh, Mary, poison ivy, mm-hmm. okay. and chill with Doctor Doctor Evil. Evil. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say, yeah, definitely fucking walking Phoenix. Um. I guess Mary Poison Ivy, like, why not, right? Yeah. Okay. He's got poison stuff. Okay. That's cool. And yeah, it's chill with Dr. Evil. I'm pretty sure he's got some cool shit, right? He's got cool toys. Laser laser, yeah, laser. laser laser shark rays. <laughs> hey, get it how you live. Your turn. Uh, I hate when I have I'm just so boring, but literally the same thing. Come on. Okay. With, for those people, yes, I'm going to fuck the shit out of Joaquin Phoenix. I'm going to get high with Poison Ivy, and I'm going to play with Dr. <sighs> Evil's fucking laser sharks. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I bet you Poison Ivy got that loud weed. I bet you loud, she- baby. She cultivated out of her poussoir herself. Yes, it's like bing banging. Okay. Like, yeah. <laughs> You're going to lose your mind. But yeah. Hopefully. Hope in a good way. In a good way. In a controlled good way. This has been a pleasure. I feel like this has been a very great episode. I think so, too. And that it's been very knowledgeable. I hope that if you, uh, viewers and listeners um, were able to take away some very great knowledge, if not great knowledge, and definitely uh, some respect for Dr. Felipe here, who's out here doing the large work. Okay. At good the schools, work. providing food, providing um, quality, diversity, just doing amazing work. I knew mm. that you'd be a great guest coming here. Thank you so much Thank for doing this. Thank you for this. the invitation. Um, and where can everyone find you? People can find me on Twitter. And of course, I always forget my Twitter account names. Oh. I hope this isn't a dirty Twitter. Me a, no, it's, not. <laughs> it's his alt. It's his, <laughs> his alt Twitter. Alt Twitter. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> it's at D-R-D-E-A-N-H-E-N-A-O-0-5. 
Okay. Dr. Hanau 05. Dr. Dina Hanau 05. Yeah, and if you Dr. didn't Dr. get that, you can rewind this tape. Right. <laughs> Pause, play it slow again. it down. And play it again. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you can find us, Queer Late Night Official, uh, at my Instagram handle, which is at L McCullers, E L L M C C U L L A R S. Bam. And you know what it is. I'm Ricky Knight. Ricky. I'm Ricky Nye. I'm Ricky Roman 91 across the board. Mm-hmm. Tell me um, about the Pornhub. You, you didn't tell them last time. I always forget about the Pornhub. You know, this Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Pornhub. I have a, I'm, that's the only place I have a blue check mark is on Pornhub. They won't give it to me on Instagram. <laughs> Instagram. You got it. You got it. Uh, but I am confirmed on Pornhub, so you know that you, what you're looking at, that content, that is mine, and it helps me. So yeah, go, go check that out. <laughs> support your local sex workers. Okay. Okay. And if you're not doing that, you can support Queer Late Night. Thank you so much for listening. We love you. And watching. Good night. Thank you. Bye. Thank you.